I'm shook. Welcome to the Holly Shook Podcast. I'm Armin. And in studio with me, for the first time in Holly Shook history, is Ryan Alkair, the best co-host in the entire world. How are you, Ryan? I'm amazing. I can't believe I'm in the Holly Shook studio for once. Should we set the scene? Should we tell the listeners that we're drinking some mimosa? Yes, we teased it last time. Um, I'm on vacation back in LA for the first time in a year and a half. Although I'm putting you to work. But of course, I'm always working. <laughs> um, so of course, my last day of vacation cannot be celebrated with anything other than in-studio Holly Shook and mimosas. And some brunch. Super good brunch. We made... We... I didn't do anything. I sat down and <laughs> Armin made something. It's just something. A thing. Eggs and... I don't know what the meat was called. Mortadella. Mortadella. It was very good. Was that the literal first time you've ever had mortadella? It must have been. It tasted like something else I've had before, but I'm pretty sure it was the first first time mortadella for me. I tried to treat Ryan like a king, you know? Some coffee. I made you espresso. Espresso with milk, although I don't drink milk. I just stomached it. <laughs> My bad. Yeah. Um, you said to make you an iced coffee, so I thought... I had to put milk to make it an iced latte, basically. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm an iced Americano drinker, which is um, espresso water. and water. Yes. Yeah. Bad communication. Yeah. Get it right next time. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, the, brent- the little food was really good. Some sunny side up. Sunny side up, which I usually don't eat either, but I was actually very impressed by it. Thank you. Um, and then we had the Vanderpump Rules Part 3 reunion playing in the background. Yes. Of course. We love ourselves some scandal and drama. So, like, we can't just have brunch. We need to have brunch while watching, like, messy people. people. Yeah, people scream at each other while yes. we eat, like, a nice, peaceful breakfast. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm here. We're in the same room. We're not across the country. We're in the same time zone. Which makes it easier to schedule. Because yeah. usually, since you don't understand PST and CST, Central yeah. Pacific, you know, it's always a my time, your time thing. And sometimes yeah. it gets confusing. Yeah, still thought CST was Chicago Standard Time until right now. Actually, just learned that. <laughs> so I thought Chicago had its own time zone. Um, yeah, when the moment you go outside of Chicago, it changes. Different, yeah, even just the suburbs. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, so it feels really good to be back where it all started. Yeah, I'm excited to have you in studio. Ryan and I have done many in-studio pods together, but we did it under the Buttered Pop podcast, which of course still exists because Holly Shook is a part of the Buttered Pop podcast network. We still have Buttered Pop. Yeah. It's just more general pop culture. Yeah. We used to do our own pop culture current events podcast called Rhymey for all you OG listeners out there that used to be on Buttered Pop. And we, last time I visited, which was two Februarys ago... We did an in-studio Rhymey. But then even bef- before I moved to Chicago, we would pod. Um, yeah. We would do like. Vanderpump um, Rules Vanderpump recaps. Rules, RuPaul's Drag Race recaps. I think those were the only two I did. Right. Because I don't watch like Game of Thrones or anything. Yeah, I just bragged about not watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> the ultimate contrarian. Yeah. So yeah, here we are in studio. Drinking mimosas. Let's see if it goes well. Maybe we're better when we're across the, the country. Maybe FaceTime like is our medium, but yeah. we'll see. We'll see. We'll find out. So Let's excited. start with the, with the guessing game, right? Yeah. Where else do we start? So this is 
one of the most infamous scandals in history. <laughs> Celebrity scandals, that is. Okay. It occurred in 2009. And you know I get my years right. Yeah. So a decade ago. Exactly a decade ago. Okay. Although not quite exactly. It did occur in September of 2009, if that helps you. It is between two mega celebrities. Do you want to know the industry they're in? Or do you want to maybe take a guess at it? 2000. There is a single inciting incident. I know what it is. What is it? Um, Kanye West, Taylor Swift. Yes. Yeah. I knew it. I love how little I had to give you I for mean, that. I mean, 2009, I feel like I knew... What was I doing in 2009? You I were was in, in high, high school. school. Yeah. Sophomore? Sophomore year, probably. Well, Oh, no. Beginning of junior year, right? No, because I, my freshman year would have been... Two, 07, 08. No, it would have been... Yes, 07, 08. Yeah, so it would have been... Um, end of sophomore year for me. I remember... Be- beginning of junior year, right? September? Oh, I guess, yeah, September. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, that makes sense. I mean, this was... Way to date me. <laughs> Everyone knows how old I am now. <laughs> that was huge, yeah. And that's like all you had to say. Yeah. The year, I just crazy. gave you the year. Yeah, which is crazy. And I, the month, I guess. Yeah. But like, when, and also when you said like, what part of the industry they're in... Then I was like, hey, well, they're in the same industry then. Music. Music. Oh, my God. I'm obsessed with the scandal. Are you ready? Um, I feel like you probably know a lot about their feud, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I yes mean, I no? know. Yes and no, because I know it extended even through the last couple years. To, the most recent update is March 2019. Yeah. Two months ago. Which I don't know. I probably don't know about that. Um, I think the last I know, like the last main thing I know was the scandal where he put her in his music video. Yes. And she like called Kim and then Kim recorded it on Snapchat or whatever. Exactly. (laughs) Because Kanye had a lyric about her in his song Famous. that bitch famous, yeah. Which is like so not true, by the way. So it's funny, originally when, and yeah, you're right, that's not true at all. Yeah. She was... One of the most famous artists in 2009. Yeah. She had the best video of the year. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm going to let you finish, Arguably. <laughs> but it's funny. When I was originally researching and preparing for this podcast, I was only going to talk about the VMAs. Mm-hmm. And then I realized I can't look at their feud in a vacuum and look at it just through the lens of that moment. Right. I have to cover the entire feud. So I'm not just going to look at the VMAs today. Okay. I'm going to take you through the entire history of Kanye and oh Taylor Swift. God. How many, is this a four-part episode? <laughs> I mean, honestly, it truly should be. Yeah. But sometimes on Holy Shook, we want to give you a nice, concise story while still giving you like a lot of like thorough storytelling yeah. and a lot of details. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm going to attempt to do today. Oh, my God. While drinking mimosas. Meanwhile, he has 19 pages of notes. Yeah, right here. Psychotic. 19 pages. They have a long-running feud, as we all know. So I feel like I don't need to give too much background. We all know who Kanye West and Taylor Swift are. Yeah. But if you don't, (laughs) Kanye West... Take your head out of your ass. (laughs) Seriously. Um, Kanye West, obviously, is an extremely successful rapper and producer, Started as a producer, he became very well known for producing Jay-Z at one point. He obviously had a huge 
run to start his career hit after hit successful album after successful album his debut album is considered one of the best in hip-hop history that's college dropout yeah which came out in february of 2004 he followed that up with late registration another well-regarded album Mm -hmm. by both critics and fans and then he had uh, graduation, which kind of completed that whole like education theme era. Era, eight oh eights and heartbreaks. One of my favorite albums of all time. Really, I love it. I have a person. I also have a personal feud with um, Kanye West. That I don't know if I've mentioned on this before. No, you haven't. What's your personal feud? With I, I don't want to get into it right now. We'll get into it later. Okay, um, we'll save it. But it does involve eight oh eights and heartbreaks, which is one of my favorite albums of all time. It's funny you say that because eight oh eights and heartbreaks probably is the most mixed when it comes to reviews for sure you either love it or you hate it and it's a polarizing album yeah because it's so different but it was like for me who's not huge like a huge hip-hop fan obviously i knew kanye's like songs and like his bigger songs i was never a huge fan and 808s and heartbreaks i became obsessed with it because it was like a weird blend of like pop ish almost r&b hip-hop like rap so i loved it and techno a little bit. A little techno yeah. Yeah. That's what made that album polarizing is how innovative it was, to yeah. be honest. It was so different and yeah. unique when it came to its like style and sound because of all the like electronic elements in it, um, which he would eventually kind of infuse into My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Right. Um, but I'm not going to get into that because that happened after the, the VMAs. Yeah. Um, I just want to tell you who they were at the moment of the crime okay the crime (laughs) um but yeah 808s and heartbreaks is the last album he released before this incident okay interesting and that came out in november of 2008 yeah that checks out because yeah high school what was your favorite song off that album um heartless no love lockdown no uh, those are the most basic ones um (laughs) my favorites would be um the one about, I don't know the names anymore, but Robot, something Robot. You don't even know and, the names and of the songs? Winter, the one about Winter. I don't know. I don't remember. It's been a while, because I, and I'll get into it later, my personal feud with him involves the album, and then I kind of gave up on the album, because um, the he disrespected feud. me, yeah. So, yeah, at this point in time, uh, Kanye is one of the biggest artists, uh, you know, across any genre, right? Yeah. He was subverting convention in hip hop. He was breaking a lot of like stereotypes, like what people perceived as like the typical hip hop artist, typical rapper. And he was not only successful critically, but commercially. Yes. So he's killing it, right? Killing it. Let's talk about Taylor Swift. Love. Oh, I should mention, by the way, because this kind of comes up, this kind of becomes relevant. Their ages at the time of the incident. Okay. Kanye West was 32. Okay. And Taylor Swift was only 19 years old. No, she was not 19. 19. <gasps> oh my God, little baby. She was born in 1989. Yeah, famously. In December, I think. I didn't write that down actually, but so she was only 19, about to turn 20 when this happened. Wow. And her career had only gotten started basically a few years before then, but she was a phenom, basically. Like, she jumped into superstardom right off the bat. Yeah. 
her 2006 self-titled debut album. Yes. Peaked at number five on the Billboard 200. With hits such as Tim McGraw, Teardrops to My Guitar, Our Song, Picture to Burn. Are you a Taylor Swift stan? I was obsessed with Taylor Swift in high school. What do they call Taylor Swift stands? Swifties. Swifties. Yeah. Makes sense. I've fallen off the wagon a little bit, but um, I... You're not into like reputation. I wasn't ever into reputation, um, but all her previous albums I was obsessed with. In high school, I was... I think I listened to um, Fearless nonstop for four months after it came out. Really? Yeah. So I'm not sure how relevant this is, but maybe y'all listeners would be interested. Y'all listeners. Y'all listeners. I'm, I'm tapping into my like Tennessee. So country when talking about Taylor Swift. I didn't know this. That's why I want to bring it up. She was born in Pennsylvania. Yeah. And raised in Pennsylvania. Yeah. There's like that meme when she um, released uh, Look What She Made Me Do or whatever. And there's like that a scene in the video where she's like basically doing Beyonce's moves. Uh-huh. And there's like a tweet where it's that that picture of her doing those moves. And it's like, my mama, Pennsylvania, my daddy, Pennsylvania. You take that pencil with that vania, you get Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> and it was my favorite thing ever because it was like her trying to be all like, Right. Tough and artsy. It's like you're literally from Pennsylvania. From Pennsylvania. (laughs) And then she moved to Nashville when she was 14. Yeah. That checks out. To pursue, obviously, a career in country music. Yeah. Um, She had wanted to get into country music at a younger age um, because she was inspired by Shania Twain. Oh, girl, same. (laughs) She loved Shania Twain. And she also loved Faith Hill. Apparently watching a documentary about Faith Hill... (laughs) motivated her to move to Nashville. That was like the push she needed. Interesting. But otherwise, as she was growing up, she would uh, travel to New York City to get like vocal lessons, acting lessons. And she always wanted to be a musician. Yeah. So like I said, 2006, Taylor Swift becomes hugely popular because of her self-titled debut album. And then her second studio album, which you referenced already, Fearless. Fearless. Released on November 11th, 2008. Oh, so good. The lead single, Love Story. Oh, so good. One of the most popular songs of the 2000s. Arguably. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Five singles would be released from that album. Dark Horse. And... You Belong With Me. White Horse. Oh, White Horse. Yeah, Dark Horse Horse. Katy Perry. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a reference to Taylor Swift? Because they had their own maybe. Ooh, that'd be good. Could be. Yeah. That's actually a Holly Shook for another day. Definitely. Taylor Swift versus Katy Perry. Yeah. Although they're cool now, apparently. I can't keep up. Yeah. Impossible. There was You Belong With Me. Yeah. 15, Fearless, and Love Story. So those five songs. Yeah. And the album debuted at number one on the Billboard 200. And it was the top selling album of 2009. Rightly so. And... That is pretty unique when it comes to country albums. Country albums usually don't break through in the mainstream like that. Yeah. She was um, one in a million in terms of country artists. Yeah, she's like a crossover sensation of sorts. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, she's Fearless is like arguably her last like country, country album. Would you describe her more as pop country? She's definitely still... Her first album was like very country. Second album was a little more pop country, but still like country... 
Um, Speak Now was like definitely more on the poppier side. Red was like fully pop, but like she like tried to say she was still country. And then finally, 1989, she was like, no, I'm pop now. Right. And Reputation, I've heard that she kind of plays around with different genres, even does a little bit of hip hop rapping. Well, I haven't listened to it, but Ed Sheeran raps on it. So if that says anything about (laughs) what's wrong with that, but um, yeah, she was definitely pop country, but she like she she milked the country as long as she could. She definitely like girl presented herself as country. Right. I live in Nashville. I I'm not just a singer, but I'm a singer songwriter who plays the guitar. Yeah. I mean, I would say Fearless, which is like the album in question during the incident. Yes. Was still full country. Okay. With like pop influence, but like it wouldn't have been a pop album. Like it was country for sure. Right. So this brings us to the 2009 VMAs. I love being a music critic, by the way. I have like (laughs) no, like absolutely no, like credentials on music i'm like that's like definitely country stop it rye you have tons of credibility do we want to bring up the music blog don't bring it up touchy subject (laughs) but i really genuinely enjoyed your recaps rip my music blog (laughs) um so here we are september 13th 2009 the mtv video music awards the vmas it took place at the radio city music hall in new york city and hosted by Russell Brand, just to, you know, paint a picture here. To really date it, Russell Brand. Yeah, right? Still. What happened to Russell Brand? Who knows? Quick he divorced Katy Perry or something. Right. Well, we know that. Yeah. He's just not really in the public eye anymore. Mm-mm. He got his money and cashed out. Ran. Uh, the awards were actually held a few months after Michael Jackson died. I actually forgot that detail about this awards show. Mm. Because, of course, the incident overshadowed okay. everything else. Yeah. Um, but... That whole night was dedicated to Michael Jackson. Interesting. So there were numerous performances and montages and tributes to Michael Jackson and his musical career. Right. That's its own Holly Shook. By the way, Michael Jackson, his life and career. We'll leave it at that. We'll just leave it at that. We're not here to talk about that. And then we get to the presentation for the best female video. Is it really best female video or is it best video of the year? It was best female video. What? Yes. Oh, weird. I hate that it's broken up into categories like that. There is also the best video. Yeah. But then there is the best male and best female video. Theoretically, you could win both. Right. But the scandal that we're about to talk about uh, happened during the best female video. Interesting. You know what was funny to me? Huh. The presenter... Taylor Lautner. Oh my God, yes. Isn't that funny? I love that it's Taylor Lautner. (laughs) If y'all don't know, Taylor Lautner and Taylor Swift infamously dated. Dated, yeah. Back to December was written about him. I hate how big of a fan I was of Taylor Swift. Jesus Christ. Has she had a boyfriend that she hasn't written about? Um, No, right? Benedict Cumberbatch. (laughs) Didn't she date him? Oh no, she dated... um, Calvin Harris. Yes, Calvin Harris, but who's the other guy who looks like Benedict Cumberbatch but isn't him? John Mayer? No. Um, he's like in the Marvel movies. Oh my god, he looks like Benedict Cumberbatch. So he looks like Benedict Cumberbatch happens to be in the Marvel movies with Benedict Cumberbatch. He plays a bad guy. 
Oh, Hiddleston. Tom, Tom Hiddleston. Hiddleston. Yes. I <laughs> Jinx, always Jinx Yomi a mimosa. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> I always get him and Benedict Cumberbatch mixed up. I don't think they look that similar. Yes, they do. Uh, they're both so weird looking. <laughs> um. Yeah, she has shredded her exes. Yeah. Like but to bits Tom, and pieces. Not Tom Hiddleston, I don't think. Oh, really? Amical breakup? Well, I think it was all a publicity stunt. That's another Holly Shook. <laughs> who got the most, who got like the worst of it? Calvin Harris? Calvin, John he, Mayer had a really, she wrote a rough one about him. He had a bad too. Yeah. All right. So here's the incident. We have the presentation of the best female video. The nominees were Taylor Swift, of course, for You Belong With Me. Iconic. Can you give me a little? No. Some vocals, right? <laughs> no. You love to sing. I didn't warm up. Uh, this, this was the warm up. The last my contract to sing. Okay, fine. I have no music credentials. <laughs> Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Single ladies. Single ladies. Kelly Clarkson. Ooh. My life would suck without you. Great song. Lady Gaga. Ooh. Poker face. Okay. This is a fun blast from the past. This huh? is a great year for uh, women in music. Oh, definitely. Katy Perry. Hot and cold. Okay, good, 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 good. I actually don't remember that song. You're hot than you're cold. Oh, it's yes, that one. You know. Okay, I How totally you know remember that, one? that. Well, I forgot that that was the title, although obviously it's, it's the literally title. called Hot and Cold. Yeah, yeah, of course. Pink. So what? So what? I'm still a rock star. Okay, I love this. Category. These are some like classics. Yeah. Classics. Two thousands classics. So Taylor Swift wins. For you belong with me. Mm-hmm. She goes up. And she starts to give her acceptance speech. Right? Uh, if you'll allow me, I will Quote. start to give her acceptance okay. speech. Should I interrupt? <laughs> if, if you want. <laughs> do you remember what Kanye says? I remember what Kanye says, but I don't know when. So you just go. You do it. You do it. I'll play both roles. Thank you so much. I always dreamed about what it would be like to maybe win one of these someday. But I never actually thought it would happen. I sing country music, so thank you so much for giving me a chance to win a VMA award. I, now, just to paint the full picture here, as she is starting to speak again, the camera has actually cut to a view of Pink in the crowd. Yes, Pink. So we do not actually see the mic steal. We are looking at Pink. Whoever cut to Pink got fired, absolutely. (laughs) Seriously. And then we cut back to the stage. Suddenly, Kanye has the mic. And he says, (laughs) Yo, Taylor, I'm really happy for you. I'm going to let you finish. But Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time. One of the best videos of all time. (laughs) He iconically shrugs. He does this quick little shrug, Mm -hmm. hands the mic back to Taylor, who is shocked and mortified. Her face is so good. She's literally just like, I wish y'all could see Ryan's Yeah, wait, rendition. it's a podcast. You can't see what I'm doing. <laughs> but everyone knows her face. It's so, like, sad. <laughs> it's, yeah. She is extremely upset. Understandably so. Mm-hmm. And it's insanely awkward. What's also funny, and I think this was a genius edit, the camera cuts to Beyonce in the process. Yeah. <laughs> and you could see her mouth out, oh, Kanye, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, whoa, no. She did not ask for this shit. No. The audience starts to boo Kanye West. Oh, my God. Because this is just insane. Yeah. 
This had never, like, this was, like, unheard of at the time. After this moment, Taylor Swift was seen hysterically crying backstage. This is according to the Rolling Stone. Oh. And then Kanye was actually tossed from the VMAs. They oh kicked God. him out. Yes. <laughs> um, Fallout Boys, Patrick Stump. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this. I love like going into a moment in time like this. Yeah. And just like revisiting the celebrities of the time. The fact that Taylor, Taylor Lautner and Patrick Stump are involved. <laughs> like where are they now? Yeah. Patrick Stump said... I'm assuming based on the amount of Hennessy I saw Wes drink that he was not all there. Oh, the shade. So people are saying Kanye was super wasted. He didn't really know what he was doing. Not an excuse. Not an excuse, of course. Now, this was actually a touching moment. At the very end of the show, Beyonce won video of the year. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Taylor Swift won best female video. Beyonce won best video for single ladies, which to me doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And that's why I always got confused is because I'm like, so how can Taylor's video be better than Beyonce's, but then Beyonce's is the best of the whole year? If you have the best video, then you have to also win like the subcategory. You have to win the best female video. Yeah. I mean, like, look. Or if you're a man, then you win the best male, right? Like, that's the way it has to work. And like... Here's the thing is that obviously the VMAs are produced for good television. So yeah, they want to get as many artists on stage as possible. It's not really like voting for like, it's not like the Oscars where it's like legit voting. Where Alfonso Cuaron, for example, this year can go up four times. Four times. No, they want to mix it up. Yeah. They want like, they want, they want Taylor Swift up there once. They want Beyonce up there once. They want, you know, they want as many people up there because that's that's why we as an audience watch is to see the celebrities. Although, if I'm not mistaken, this is fan voted, right? Maybe. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's produced anyway. Yeah, for sure. So, Beyonce wins for video of the year. <laughs> and there's this great moment because Beyonce invites Taylor Swift on stage to deliver her acceptance speech. Mm -hmm. Because after Kanye interrupts Taylor, it just becomes a total shit show. It's so awkward. She just can't do it in that moment, and she's whisked away off stage. They cut to a video, like, you know how they shoot videos of like, like skit, like sketches basically. Yeah, like interlude sort of yeah. videos. It like just cuts to the next like sketch while Taylor's like <laughs> still sit- sitting on stage. Oh my God, it's so awkward. Yeah. And remember, she is 19 years old. Right. How can you expect her to have the poise to then grab the mic back and, and be finish like, her acceptance Anywho. <laughs> One of my favorite parts about Taylor Swift's acceptance speech that she ultimately does deliver <laughs> is she like emphasizes her Twitter and MySpace fans. Stop. Can you believe MySpace. 2009? That was still a thing. She and goes, I really, I have to think all my fans on Twitter and MySpace. And Twitter like wasn't really even a thing then. Right. Yep. But I think she was actually one of the first to effectively utilize Twitter as a platform. I effectively used, utilized it starting sophomore year of high school. <laughs> With, like, my four friends. Okay, 2009. Yeah. There you go. We would tweet at each other from different classes. No way. Yeah. So you used it, like, texting in a way? Kind of. It was like, oh, my God, this class sucks. And then, like, they would respond being like, LOL, I'm in history. 
Okay. Y'all should dig up the tweets. I know. It's <laughs> way back there. <laughs> the very next day, Rolling Stone ran an article with a lot of fascinating details. So, for example, she spoke in the press room at the very end of the night. And they asked her about her very first reaction in seeing Kanye West come on stage. She said, quote, I was really excited because I had just won the award. And then I was really excited because Kanye was on stage. And then I wasn't so excited anymore after that. <laughs> Such a simple mind. <laughs> the three stages of Taylor Swift. Excited? Excited. excited. Not, so not, excited. So, not so excited. <laughs> it me. She also said that she was a huge fan of Kanye West's music and that she didn't want to start anything because she had a great night. LOL. This is when she was like innocent and sweet still. Right. Yeah. Not a lot of foresight there because uh, they would start a lot of things with each other over the next 10 years. She's leaned into her like being a psycho. In that very same article, Rolling Stone reported that Taylor Swift's mom approached Kanye... And he supposedly gives a half-hearted apology. He also tells Taylor Swift's mom that he still thought that Beyonce's video was better. Oh my God. Taylor Swift also had a lot of praise for Beyonce. Right, of course. She said, quote, They told me to stand by the side of the stage, and I didn't really know what was going to go down. But I thought it was so wonderful and gracious of her to do what she's always done. She's always been a great person before anything else. Before the talented artist, the superstar, she's always been a great person. And I just, I thought I couldn't love Beyonce more tonight than tonight happened. And it was just wonderful. Well, also Beyonce's like, I don't give a fuck about this. <laughs> like, she's better than the VMAs. So she like, it was like, you can have my moment. Exactly. I think for her, it was actually a blessing. Like, I don't have to give another acceptance like, speech. Dumb speech. Yeah. And it just like looks good, good on her too. Like double good on her. So later that night. Kanye West took to his blog. He used to have a blog. Oh my God, same. (laughs) What was yours called? Another thing me and Kanye have in common. So many things. What was the name of your blog? I don't want to talk about my blog. Uh, Oh, that blog, the music blog. Yeah. Okay, I thought maybe you had like a personal blog. No, I'm not. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Because Kanye's was a personal blog. Oh God, no, I'm not that obsessed with myself. I just podcast, I don't blog. So Kanye's blog is now defunct. (laughs) <laughs> but once upon a time, it was called Kanye Universe City. What? <laughs> Kanye Universe City. No, I'm confused. Of course, you could visit his blog on KanyeUniverseCity.com. Dot com. <laughs> I'm for sure. But again, it's now defunct. He, it, he doesn't pay the bills on it. Yeah, well, <laughs> what is he going to be blogging about? <laughs> so that night he blogged about Taylor Swift. He said, I'm so sorry to Taylor Swift and her fans and her mom. I spoke to her mother right after, and she said the same thing my mother would have said. She is very talented. I like the lyrics about being a cheerleader, and she's in the bleachers. (laughs) (laughs) That is shade. I'm in the wrong for going on stage and taking away from her moment. Beyonce's video was the best of this decade. I'm sorry to my fans if I let you guys down. I'm sorry to my friends at MTV. I will apologize to Taylor tomorrow. Welcome to the real world. Everybody want to boo me, but I'm a fan of real pop culture. No disrespect, but we watching the show at the crib right now because, well, you know, I'm still happy for Taylor. <laughs> Booyah. 
You are very, very talented. I gave my awards to Outcast when they deserved it over me. That's what it is. Oh my God. I'm not crazy, y'all. I'm just real. Sorry for that. I really feel bad for Taylor, and I'm sincerely sorry. Much respect. It's like the most backhanded, <laughs> chaotic apology I've ever heard in my entire life. Is that like the worst apology we've ever read on Holly Shook history? I think so. Hmm. Probably. He literally says during it, I once upon a time gave my award to someone else right. who I thought deserved it over me. Mm. So everyone should do that. Why didn't you do that, Taylor? Also, like, why is this Beyonce always involved in this? Like when Adele won the Grammy and Adele felt like she had to like say that Beyonce deserved it, which like, honestly, rightfully so. But like, why can't we just give Beyonce fucking awards when she deserves, deserves them? So people are not put in this awkward situation. Beyonce's power. Beyonce has the power. So this moment was so big. Yeah. It was one of the most talked about scandals that I can remember, even though you can argue it's fairly trivial in terms of like consequences and repercussions. You know, we've talked about scandals like Hugh Grant getting arrested for (laughs) for cheating on Elizabeth Hurley with a prostitute. I mean, he didn't get arrested for cheating, but he got arrested for (laughs) soliciting prostitution. Cheating's illegal now. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, but... In the the grand scheme, it wasn't that big yet. This elicited some of the grandest reactions I've ever seen. Well... I would say the actual scandal isn't what made it so big. It was just like, it was just shocking television. Like it was like, yes, it was, it's why live television exists. Like no one could have predicted that would happen. Nobody saw it coming. We had never seen anything like this on TV. Like at least on a platform so as big as the VMAs, the VMAs were like, I don't know. I watch them every year. Like they were like big. Right. Like everyone, everyone who was like a teenager, like maybe early 20s, like watches the VMAs or did at least. Plus, you rarely see like that kind of thing on live television. Yeah. It's why I think the moment when the wrong envelope was read at Mm -hmm. the Oscars was such a huge moment. Right. Because these awards shows are usually so clinical. Yeah, and put together. And put together and scripted, like, to the very last detail. And then to see something like this happen, so off script, so wild, so salacious. Like you said, I thought you put it so well. It's great television. Great television. Also, the funniest thing is that the VMAs took this and ran with it. Like, the next year, I remember, it was all about what will happen this year at the VMAs. Like... Right. It then became this thing of like what, like the VMAs are the show where like shocking stuff happens, which like is not true. Like one shocking thing happened, but then it was like, I just remember the couple years after this, everyone watched the VMAs and was like, what's gonna, what big thing's gonna happen? Like the Kanye Taylor thing and like nothing did. But people felt like it had to like live up to this moment afterwards. Yeah, and if you try to recreate it, it's just not going to feel authentic right. or organic. So back to the vitriolic reaction to this. You didn't just have fans who were going online and voicing their displeasure with Kanye. You had other celebrities doing so. Mm-hmm. I'll read out a few. There were way too many, but I tried to compile as many as possible. Okay. Pink tweeted, Kanye West is the biggest piece of shit on earth, quote me. 
Joel Madden of Good Charlotte tweeted, all I'm saying is Taylor Swift is a young chick and you just walk up and grab the mic. Uh, Perez Hilton said, Taylor Swift deserved that award, damn it. It is what the people voted. My heart broke for her. She looks so sad at the end of that moment. Katy Perry tweeted, fuck you, Kanye. It's like you stepped on a kitten. Uh, (laughs) Kelly Clarkson went on her blog. (laughs) and publish an open letter to Kanye. This is how big this was, guys. I mean, you can argue it's overblown, but at the same time, I kind of love when there's this like communal moment where we're all voicing in, and you're going to see there is one person who also lends their voice to this, and it that becomes its own scandal. Kim Kardashian? No. Uh, Kelly Clarkson said in her blog, what happened to you as a child? Did you not get hugged enough? Oh my God, yes, Kelly. Heidi Montag, congrats Taylor Swift on your VMA. You deserve it more than anyone. I saw the devil in action when Kanye West stole your mic. You rock. <laughs> Coming from devil herself, Heidi. <laughs> um, Adam Lambert said Kanye needs to chill. He freaks out every year. It ain't that deep, man. <gasps> Get him, Adam. He pulled the ain't, ain't that deep. It, it ain't, ain't that, that deep. deep. Now, this next person who commented on Kanye did so behind closed doors. Oh my God, Barack. President Barack Obama at the time, of course. I remember this. And he was caught on tape. Was it in a hot mic? It was a hot mic, essentially. Barack was actually doing an interview and it was an off-the-record moment. And he says, you know, it was like she's getting an award and why are you butting in? The young lady (laughs) seems like a perfectly nice person. She's getting her award and what he's doing up there, he's a jackass. Yeah. So then that became a huge controversy for Obama. Yeah. And uh, ABC actually had to issue an apology because their news anchor, Terry Moran, was the one who leaked the recording. Good job, Terry. The day after the incident, Kanye West posted a second apology on his blog. <laughs> was this all just like a publicity stunt for his blog? He actually had uh, his highest days of traffic on those days. Not surprised. <laughs> I don't actually have that data, but oh, I, would, I, would, I, I would not be surprised. I would assume. I mean, it should be. Uh, Connie also appeared on the Jay Leno show later that night. Oh, my God. Where he delivered another apology to Taylor Swift. By the way, I brought up Hugh Grant earlier. Hugh Grant famously went on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno and apologized for cheating on Elizabeth Hurley. Yeah. And that became a really big moment in terms of like celebrity scandal history because he very quickly went from zero to hero. People yeah. loved him. They were like, I can't believe he could be so self-deprecating and honest. Yeah. It didn't quite work for Kanye. Was this when his when he cried about his mom or is that later? He does. He okay. gets emotional about his mom because Jay Leno asked about what his mother would have thought about the incident. Of course, Kanye's mother had passed yeah. just the year before. Kanye also says, it was rude, period. I don't try to justify it because I was in the wrong. Dealing with the fact that I hurt someone or took anything away, you know, from a talented artist or from anyone because I only wanted to help people. What? My entire life, I've only wanted to do and give something that I felt was right. And I immediately knew in this situation that it was wrong. He's kind of saying the right things here. Yeah. So far, so good. Two days after the incident. Oh, God. So much happens in such a short period of time. Right. It's so dense. September 15th, 2009. 
Taylor Swift makes an appearance on The View. Oh my God. She was again asked what she was thinking in the moment that Kanye took the mic. She said, well, I think my overall thought process was something like, wow, I can't believe I won. This is awesome. Don't trip and fall. I'm going to get to thank the fans. This is so cool. Oh, Kanye West is here. Cool haircut. What are you doing here? And then, ouch. And then, I guess I'm not going to get to thank the fans. LOL. (laughs) The whole cool haircut thing. (laughs) The cool haircut thing and then her being like, I didn't really care. I just wanted to thank the fans. Like, yeah, right, bitch. (laughs) Like, that was not what you were upset about. That's actually a part of why I think a lot of people don't like Taylor Swift because she feels so, like, PR conscious. Yeah. She was, at least. I mean, she still is, but she was very, like, yeah, like, wanted to be the good, the goody, goody, good, good girl all the time. And, like, there's, like, the running joke of her always being surprised when she wins, an, like, an award. Like, just the totally shocked, <laughs> like, face, which is, like, not how anyone reacts to anything. Um, it's like you know you're good you know why you're there right like, you have you a know, good shot to you win you knew you were gonna win so I hate the like I just wanted to thank the fans <laughs> like I hate that well it was kind of like in her acceptance speech when she says I never thought I would be here like right. I always dreamed it would happen but I really never thought it would happen uh no you thought it would happen right you've been like going back and forth from Pennsylvania to New York for years taking right. vocal lessons you were training to do this you were a phenom yeah well, I should have to thank the fans eventually. According to the New York Post, Taylor Swift's appearance prompted Kanye to apologize to Taylor Swift directly. So, at this point, he still has not apologized to her. Right. <laughs> he's done the media circuit. He's done Kanye Universe City, the blog. City.com. He finally decides to apologize directly. So, he calls ABC's studios... While she was on The View. Oh, my God. And after the show, he spoke personally to her and apologized. According to a rep, she had accepted Kanye West's apology. But the contents of the phone call are to remain private. I also love the idea of, like, just calling ABC Studios in general. Like, hold on, calling ABC Studios. 1-800-ABC yeah. Studio. And then, like, some intern answering. And she's like, hi, can I speak to... Taylor, please? Like, like, what? No, that's not how it works. Uh, Of course, uh, this moment also became the birth of one of the most famous memes of all time. I'm gonna let you finish. I'm gonna let you finish. Yeah. Right? So I'm sure we've all encountered an I'm gonna let you finish meme. Yeah. Those were hilarious. Do you have have one in mind? No. (laughs) (laughs) No. Flatly, no. I mean, like, I haven't seen a... That was, like, such a, a timely meme. Yes. I haven't really seen one since. I still see it kind of pop up here and yeah. there. Yeah. I just can't remember. There was one that I saw while I was researching for all this where it was Kanye West interrupting Kanye West. Mm. <laughs> I'm trying to picture that in my head. Right? <laughs> That's kind of good. Yeah. Now, around this time, Kanye West and Lady Gaga were prepping for the Fame Kills Tour. What? They were going to go on tour together? Did they go on tour together? They were going to, but it never happened. Oh, my God. On October 1st, 2009, so about three weeks after the VMAs, Kanye West and Lady Gaga canceled the tour with no explanation. 
No explanation has been given since. Oh my God. This was one of the most hyped tours in history. Rumors about the tour's cancellation were swirling for a few days after the VMAs. Yeah. It is believed that the controversy is what killed the tour. And I'm assuming Lady Gaga didn't make like a tweet or anything after it happened either. No. She was supposed to probably be on his side. Not that I see, although I didn't go too deep into researching this, but it was quite interesting because I read some details about the tour. Lady Gaga was super hyped. She talked about how they were going to do this very unique um, stage setting. She said, quote, the stage is called a traverse. It's something that we designed together. Instead of being on just one end of the arena, the stage traverses the entire arena. It's not really in the round. It's a runway. It extends from one end to the other so the audience can see everywhere from 360. But it's a rectangular runway shape. We're on each end of the stage, and I want to get where Kanye is, which is the fame. That's why it's called Fame Kills. I'm so confused. So it's just a square? Imagine a runway kind of going from end to end. That's how I imagine it. Yeah, but I feel like that's... I mean, maybe that wasn't normal back then, but I feel like a lot of people have that now. Oh, people have done that now? I guess well, at like, the time it had never been done before. Yeah. I mean, Ariana's tour right now, it's like she has a whole like diamond-shaped like runway that goes all the way across the arena. Uh, but hey, Gaga and Kanye were innovative, so yeah. they probably came up with it years ago. She also said, it's been a really incredible creative experience. We did not do this tour for each other. We did this tour for everybody else. We wanted to do something that no one has ever seen before. We wanted our fans to feel like we were doing something special, and we wanted to merge two groups of fans, two different groups of music lovers, into one room. He's going to play every Kanye West hit, which is a lot. One after the other, I'm going to play all my hit records, which, knock on wood, I had a lot this year, and then I'm going to play all my new music and then do a ton of duets. For me, the tour is more about just bringing people together and having a big dance party. The show is a celebration of creativity, art, fashion, and choreography. This was big, and this had a ton of planning involved. Yeah, and it sounds really cool. It also sounds very, like, what would the, like target demographic of the crowd be right like two very different fan bases but it kind of feels like that was the point of it right yeah they wanted to blend all these different people together and try something new and different well weirdly enough when i went on when i went on tour when i saw lady gaga on concert the ryan fame kills tour yeah the next year i think probably um sometime a year within this happening um Kid Cudi actually opened for Lady Gaga, but they didn't do like a whole duet like tour. But maybe she always liked having like some type of hip hop artist. Like right, before. he just opened and then she performed. Yeah, it would have been fascinating to see Kanye and Lady Gaga on the same stage. Yeah. How they navigate that? Yeah, interesting. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, me neither. That was one of the nuggets of info that I learned during research. Very fast. I would have loved that at the time. It's really too bad that this scandal killed that tour. Yeah. It was going to be an international one. Yeah, damn. Uh, on November 7th, 2009, Taylor Swift hosted Saturday Night Live, where, of course, they made fun of the incident during her monologue. She kind of mocked Kanye West, and Bill Hader and Jason Sudeikis were acting as security guards who were going to prevent Kanye West from rushing the LOL. stage and, <laughs> and interrupting her monologue. Um, On November 11th, 2009, so a mere four days after Taylor Swift's Saturday Night Live appearance, the Country Music Association Awards 
did a parody of the VMAs. Oh, wow. So essentially, like, every every opportunity that someone could take to parody this event happened. Yes. That moment pretty much wraps up the VMAs portion of their feud, but their feud would continue. So the next Kanye Swift story really comes in September of 2010. Okay. Well-timed because, of course, the VMAs are back. Right. And Kanye wrote a bunch of tweets apologizing to Taylor Swift once again. I guess he just can't let it go. Yeah. And he says, Beyonce didn't need that. MTV didn't need that. And Taylor and her family, friends, and fans definitely didn't need or want that. He concluded by saying, I'm sorry, Taylor. He has since deleted those tweets. He actually deleted his account. Oh, damn. (laughs) Shortly thereafter. Um, But as we know, Kanye has deleted and reopened his Twitter account many times. Many times, yeah. Uh, He also tweeted at one point, she had no idea what hit her. She's just a little girl with dreams like the rest of us. She deserves the apology more than anyone. So we're all little girls with dreams. (laughs) We're all little (laughs) girls with dreams. (laughs) He also revealed that he had written a song for Taylor Swift. And if she did not accept the song, he would perform it himself. She would ultimately respond to Kanye West and this whole VMAs incident, as she typically does, in song. Yeah. What's the song she writes about it? Do you remember? Oh, my God. Starts with an I. Innocent. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. I hate how big of a Taylor Swift fan I was. I can't believe you're a Swifty. Oh, I was... I loved Taylor Swift. I okay, so I didn't say this yet. I'm just remembering it. I wrote a strongly worded Facebook status after this event. After the VMAs or the September 2010 the VMAs. Incident? I was watching the VMAs and I was so angry at Kanye cuz how dare he as a hardcore Swifty. And I just remember like my Facebook status was something like Kanye is a dumb idiot who should die. Like, <laughs> how dare you, like, do that? I'm like, Taylor, we love you, and you, like, are the best ever. Like, was so, like, offended. Like, personally offended. I wish I searched your Facebook for this You should have. Comment. It was, like, very aggressive, like, for no reason. <laughs> Can you imagine if when I was reading all the celebrity tweets and reactions, I all of a sudden Wait. said, and um, Ryan Alkire, co-host of Holly Show. From Holly Show. <laughs> oh my god that's great we have to dig that up i it comes up on my like time hop every year around this the vma september 13th yeah I love well, next time i see it i'll send it to you please do <laughs> as you said taylor swift responds with innocent do you know from which album um speak now there you go yeah hello. you're so good <laughs> i was i'm not lying like i was obsessed with her you're a swifty you're a smiler huge smiler and you're a Reese's Pieces Reese's Pieces I'm a Reese with her, without her spoons <laughs> <laughs> well you stand a lot I stand only legends <laughs> so of course she responds in the song typically she is responding to ex-boyfriends and tearing them down but yeah in this case Kanye kind of filled that role she said 32 and still growing up now <laughs> Who you are is not what you did. You're still an innocent. That's why I mentioned earlier that their ages are important. Mm, Yeah. It would would come back into the fold. Okay, yeah, That Kanye was an immature 32-year-old. Right. She performed it, right? That's how it got got 
premiered. She performed Innocent at the 2010 VMAs. Yes. I remember the back, like, it was like black and white kind of, right? I didn't watch it. Okay. I feel like it was like black and white and they like put the lyrics that like, I don't know. It was really dramatic. The Washington Post described it as a small masterpiece of passive aggressiveness. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. John Caramonica of the New York Times thought the song was, quote, an extremely savvy insult masquerading as the high road. In October 2010, Kanye said that it was inaccurate for Taylor Swift's Fearless to have been named Album of the Year at the Grammys. Oh my God. Um, Let it go. Um, Was it up against, it was probably up against Beyonce's album, I would assume. He then said in November 2010 that he failed to see what was quote-unquote so arrogant about his VMA interruption and he would ultimately say that his actions were selfless. He said, quote, I'm walking around now with half an arm trying to sell albums and having to walk in rooms and be afraid of my food getting spat in. Like people going, I lost all total respect for you and nobody wants to just sit and look at the reality. Now, of course, at this time in 2010... He has just released My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, Mm -hmm. which is arguably his most well-regarded album. Yeah. I mean, he has a few. The the thing is, he has a few albums that are... Well-regarded. Well-regarded, like, have received, like, high critical praise. I think especially after 808s and Heartbreaks, people liked that one because it was... It went back to his roots with still, like, an innovative touch, kind of. Right. Yeah. There's still that, like, infusion of electronic sounds. I wasn't as big into it, but I also was really mad at him. (laughs) Exactly. That could have colored your perspective. But that a lot of people feel like that album is his masterpiece. Okay. Uh, He also says, quote, the audacity of it losing anything. I guarantee if it was the other way around and Taylor Swift was 15, 12, 15 years into the game and on her 40th, or 50th video, and she made the video of her career, do you think she would have lost to a brand new artist? Hell no. I'm not pandering to sell any more records to get people to like me more. I would like people to like me because I'm likable. Now, this actually kind of foreshadows Kanye's mentality to come. Yeah. (laughs) All his statements are so chaotic. Oh my God, I'm like stressed out just hearing them. It's a lot. He also says, and this is another piece of foreshadowing that by interrupting Taylor Swift, he caused Taylor to have 100 magazine covers and sell a million the first week. Yeah. And like, here's the thing is that I, I will agree that in a way this moment, like took Taylor from like a famous like singer to kind of more celebrity status and more like tabloidy, Like, people cared about her now more than just her songs, if that makes sense. She became more tabloid fodder. She became more, yeah, like, people talked about her, not just talked about her music, I guess. Right. So in that way, yeah. But But I would argue that was inevitable with her. Oh, it was. But, I mean, this is, like, an iconic, like, iconic career moment for her. (laughs) Getting interrupted. (laughs) It didn't hurt her career. We'll just say that. Exactly. Uh, Let's fast forward to, oh, actually, really quickly. 
on November 24th of that same year, 2010, Kanye said at a concert that, quote, if I wasn't drunk, I would have been on stage longer. He also said that Taylor never came to his defense at any interview and rode the waves and rode it and rode it. Again, he is trying to to craft this narrative that he built Taylor Swift. That she never asked to be a part of. That she never asked to be a part of. <laughs> also, she doesn't need to defend you. What is she going to defend you about? Right. So let's fast forward to the Met Gala, May 2011. That's not camp. <laughs> Taylor Swift and Kanye came face to face on the red carpet. Uh, according to the New Yorker, Taylor Swift grabbed her publicist, Paula Erickson's sleeve in a panic. Am I supposed to talk to him or not? Because standing by the door was Kanye. She's hesitated for a second, and then, realizing that there was no time to wait for advice, she continued walking up the stairs towards Kanye. As she neared the door, he held a hand out, and the two exchanged a casual down-low high-five. When it was over, Swift stopped just inside the museum, looking giddy. Erickson let out a breath and exclaimed, that wasn't bad. Why is it written like a fucking Fifty Shades of Grey novel, first off? <laughs> Thank you, Lizzie Whittycomb. <laughs> so they high-fived each other on the Met Gala red carpet? Yeah, and it was like a huge deal. Ew. And then she was like happy about it? I mean, I guess that's like, I don't know, that's kind of sketch. It's kind of like a cool understated moment. Like, okay, we can move past this. High-five, yeah. let's go. The high-five is like a weird gesture, though, because it's kind of like, yeah. Let's fast forward to October 2010. Rolling Stone does a profile of Taylor Swift. And it's revealed that above her fireplace in her Nashville home, she has a photo of the moment Kanye interrupted her at the VMAs. What the hell? And there was a caption saying, life is full of little interruptions. Ew. Let's fast forward again to July 11th, 2013. Kanye does an interview with the New York Times entitled Behind Kanye's Mask. LOL. Kanye fully revokes the apology. <laughs> he said that he only apologized in the first place because he was caving to peer pressure. He said he doesn't have one regret. So I'll actually read some of this interview. Kanye was talking about how he wanted the historical record of music to be right and reflect greatness accurately. So the interviewer asked, but has that instinct led you astray like the Taylor Swift interruption? Kanye said, quote, it's only led me to complete awesomeness at all times. <laughs> it's only led me to awesome truth and awesomeness. Beauty, truth, awesomeness. That's all it is. So it's awesomeness. It's just awesomeness, right? I hate that word. The interviewer says, so no regrets? He says, I don't have one regret. The interviewer says, do you believe in the concept of regret? Kanye says, if anyone's reading this, waiting for some type of full-on flat apology, for anything, they should just stop reading right now. The interviewer says, but that is something that you apologize for. Kanye says, yeah, I think that I have like faltered, you know, as a human. My message isn't perfectly defined. <laughs> <laughs> I have, as a human being, fallen to peer pressure. Yeah, uh, I think it's fair to say Kanye's message isn't perfectly defined. Yeah, still so confused. Then we don't get another update on the Swift-Kanye feud for two years. Okay. But in February 2015, we get the 2015 Grammys. And Kanye and Taylor Swift are full-on friends at this point. They're talking about collaborating. They're talking about 
um, Taylor Swift finally transitioning fully out of country music. Kanye told Ryan Seacrest, quote, she wants to get in the studio and we're definitely going to go in. I don't have an elitism about music. I don't discriminate, which again, it's kind of like a backhanded compliment. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> Not even a compliment, just backhanded. Yeah, it's just backhanded like petty. Swift wants to get in the studio and we're definitely going to go in. Any artist with an amazing point of view, perspective, fan base, I'm down to get in the studio and work. I don't discriminate. If I could be involved in giving people any type of energy advice in the studio, whether you're Beyonce, whether you're Taylor Swift, whether you're Jay-Z, whether you're Beck, whoever, Beck. and they can be reciprocal with that, I'd like to be involved with that. A few days after the Grammys, the pair are seen grabbing dinner together at the New York hotspot, The Spotted Pig. Ooh. Then, at the MTV Video Music Awards, yeah. our, our favorite haunt, um, Hunt. <laughs> so Taylor Swift is tasked with presenting Kanye with the Video Vanguard Award. Oh my God. She said as she presented him with the award, I've been a fan of his for as long as I can remember because Kanye defines what it means to be a creative force in music, fashion, and well life. So I guess I have to say to all the other winners tonight, I'm really happy for you and I'm going to let you finish. Oh, God. <laughs> but Kanye West has, has, has had one of the greatest careers of all time. I am honored to present the 2015 Vanguard Award to my friend Kanye West. I hate that. So we've come full circle, or I guess 180 degrees. Yeah. They went from the biggest of rivals to one of the lowest points probably in Kanye's career to now at the VMAs, basically basically like professing their love for each other. And presenting like a Lifetime Award thing. But in February of 2016, a mere six months after the VMAs, where Taylor presents Kanye with this award, right. the feud reignites. Of course. <laughs> in the most fiery fashion. Fiery. It's February 11th. Kanye premieres his seventh album, The Life of Pablo, at Madison Square Garden. Loved it. One of his songs on that album was entitled Famous. Yep. And that song was very, very quickly scrutinized because there are lyrics directed at Taylor Swift, including one that says, I feel like me and Taylor might still have sex. Why? I made that bitch famous. I made that bitch famous. Yeah. So good. What do you think about that line? It's great. I love that line. I love that album. That album's amazing. So that line instantly drew criticism right especially online the online discourse was pretty heavily skewed towards ridiculing that line and finding it offensive so kanye on twitter defended it and he said that he didn't diss taylor swift and that he actually asked her about the lyrics first he said quote third thing i called taylor and had a, a hour-long convo with her about the line and she thought it was funny and gave her blessings but nobody knows what to believe. I know. Is Kanye telling the truth? I know. That very same day, Taylor Swift's rep released a statement saying that Kanye did not call her for approval. The statement said, quote, Kanye did not call for approval, but to ask Taylor to release his single Famous on her Twitter account. She declined and cautioned him about releasing a song with such a strong misogynistic message. Taylor was never made aware of the actual lyric, I made that bitch famous. So Taylor is saying that 
Connie was actually calling her to ask for publicity and marketing. Yeah. A mere four days later, we get the 2016 Grammys. Oh my God. How perfectly timed. I know. All this shit happens right when the VMAs or Grammys are happening. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's almost as if there was some thought put into it. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Taylor strikes back. Because she wins album of the year for um, You're 19, a Swifty. 1989? Yes. Which, like, look. <laughs> I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> Fearless, yes. 1989 was really good. It depends who it was up against. I'll let it Right. Stand. Relatively we'll let to it stand at that. Uh, its peers, maybe it was the album of the year. Yeah, maybe. It's not my taste, but... I liked it, but like, I remember being a little shocked when it went album of the year. But winning gave her a platform on stage to respond to Kanye's lyrics. Right. And she said, quote, As the first woman to win album of the year at the Grammys twice, I want to say to all the young women out there... There are going to be people along the way who will try to undercut your success or take credit for your accomplishments or your fame. But if you just focus on the work and don't let those people sidetrack you, someday when you get where you're going, you'll look around and you will know that it was you and the people who love you who put you there, and that will be the greatest feeling in the world. Obviously, this is a direct response to Kanye. Yeah. I actually, in the moment, called that there was something fishy about this. Everyone was praising her and saying this was such an incredible moment, but something seemed fishy. Again, yeah. everything is so manufactured, right. in my opinion, when it comes to Taylor Swift. For sure. Oh. So meticulously crafted. Yeah, she is very like planned out. So then we go months and months of basically like jabs, right? Like Kanye says that Taylor Swift is fake. Um, Kanye again says that, you know, Taylor Swift isn't cool anymore. He said, quote, she won her award and said com something completely different. She ain't cool no more. She had two seconds to be cool and she fucked it up. That was on February 24th. <laughs> and then June 16th, 2016, Kim Kardashian enters the fold. Now, remember, there is some history between Kardashian and T-Swift at this time. And just the Kardashian-Jenner clan and Taylor Swift. You know, Kendall, some people believe, is a part of, like, Taylor Swift's friend group. Oh, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Kim and her sisters had actually been to a couple Taylor Swift concerts. Yeah. So people actually wondered, will Kim Kardashian insert herself? And she does. She of says, she does. Of course. I mean, it's Kim K. It's Kim. She's not going to stay out of the public feud. She fucking lives for this shit. Yeah. And she did a great job. And you guys know I'm not Kardashian people. You hate the, the Kardashians. Hate is a strong word. You hate them. I don't hate them. I'm just not like a fan. Now that you have a few mimosas in you, you're like, you know, I don't hate them. I've never said I hate them. <laughs> I hate their children's names. Yeah. <laughs> we have to talk about some, by the way. That'll come up later. <sighs> no, I respect <laughs> the Kardashians' business. Acumen? Yeah, like they're good at being business. <laughs> so I just am not like a fan. I'm not like, I don't follow them. In an interview with GQ, Kim Kardashian says that Taylor Swift totally approved the, the lyrics. She totally knew that was coming out. She wanted to all of a sudden act like she didn't. I swear my husband gets so much shit for things when he really was doing proper protocol and even called to get it approved. She also claimed she had footage of the call. She told GQ that she received an attorney's letter from Taylor Swift that said to never let the footage come out and to destroy it. I love that. Um, Taylor Swift 
would come out that very day the interview was released and say that she doesn't hold anything against Kim Kardashian. And she even says that she, quote, recognizes the pressure Kim must be under and that she is only repeating what she has been told by Kanye West. However, that does not change the fact that much of what Kim is saying is incorrect. Kanye West and Taylor only spoke once on the phone while she was on vacation with her family and they have never spoken since. Taylor has never denied that conversation took place. Messy. Messy bitches who love drama. I think at this point, Taylor Swift really thought Kim would never release the video and she could just say this and yeah. then let let the fans decide who to believe. And it's a little bit telling of... Taylor's reputation that Kim knew to record the video in the first place. You know, they're like she's shady. They're like Taylor Swift's shady. We need to prove that. Like we need to have proof that she said this because without the video, I think people would believe Taylor over Kim and Kanye. Of course. So just, I mean, it says something about Taylor's like reputation. It also says something about reputation about her bad reputation. Um, but also about Kim's, like, I guess, like, shadiness, too. Like, and, like, her, like, ability to, like, think like that. Like, I right. would never think to record a conversation, like, to another person's conversation. Right. But, like, obviously, she was smart. The fact that she would want to gather evidence to right. kind of, like, hold over another person, potentially. Or basically use as leverage to use as collateral. Yeah. And it's smart. I mean, and it works because yeah. she was able to use it. But like, it, it became necessary. Yeah, essentially. But like, just the idea of the two is like so funny that she would record that. Eight days later, June twenty fourth, Kanye releases his music video for "Famous," which infamously displays Taylor Swift in bed with him. Yeah, but of course, it's not just Taylor Swift in bed with him. Uh, Kim Kardashian is in this giant bed. Rihanna, even Bill Cosby. It's a very bizarre video. Donald Trump, I think. Yeah. yeah. Weird video. Almost a month later, July 17th, 2016. A momentous day in history. (laughs) Kim Kardashian releases the footage of Kanye and Taylor Swift speaking. And look, Kanye says... Snake emojis? This is snake emojis, right? Snake emojis uh, come later that same day. Okay. Come later. And... Kanye may say a lot of crazy shit, but he was telling the truth. In the video, you see this whole conversation where Kanye tells Taylor Swift about the lyric and Taylor Swift says, yeah, I mean, go with whatever line you think is better. It's obviously very tongue-in-cheek either way, and I really appreciate you telling me about it. That's really nice. LOL. Kanye responds, I just had a responsibility to you as a friend. Thanks for being like so cool about it. Taylor says, the heads up is so nice, even asking or seeing if I would be okay with it. I just really appreciate it. I would never expect you to like tell me about a line in one of your songs. She also says, if people ask me about it, I think it would be great for me to be like, look, he called me and told me the line before it came out. Joke's on you guys. We're fine. Yeah. I love that. She looks so Like bad. she's like adding her own opinion to it. Like how, what if we play it like this too? Like type of thing. That same day, Taylor Swift goes on Twitter and Instagram and says that she basically hones in on the line, that bitch. Because in the videos that Kim released, yeah. Kanye never does mention... Which line or what he's told her. He he mentions that me and Taylor could still have sex, okay. but he doesn't say the that bitch line. Okay. So that's like her main, like... She runs with that. Yeah. That, like, 
That's her point of contention, which is kind of ridiculous. Like cl- clearly she's using that as a crutch to defend the way she handled it, which like wasn't nuanced. She could have said, look, I did approve a part of the lyric, but I never approved the second yeah. half. But she never said it in that way. She kind of like took it and ran with it as like this whole like Kanye is this like piece of shit guy who's like trying to take all, all this credit for my fame, which like in part is true. Yeah. And like he is trying to take a credit. He's been trying to take credit since 2011. Right. But she really didn't handle it well. And then the snake emojis. Snake. Which she also took and ran with. She did. Later that same day, that night, Kim Kardashian tweeted, wait, it's legit National Snake Day? They have holidays for everybody. I mean everything these days. Everybody. And then you had like two dozen snake emojis. Of course, all of uh, Kanye and Kim's fans started to troll Taylor Swift with snake emojis and Taylor Swift went dark. She, yeah. she deleted everything off of her social media and she just disappeared for a very long time, over a year. Yeah. August 21st, 2017, Taylor Swift reappears and she teases her new album with a snake video. I actually commend her for it. You know, like taking... It's very smart. Yeah, taking someone's diss and owning it, Right. Two days after that, she releases album artwork for her new album, Reputation. Uh, and the album artwork kind of like looks similar to Life of Pablo. So she, clearly she's trying to like, you know, create this rivalry or like piggyback yeah. off this rivalry. Yeah. Right. And, you know, she does the she did the wet hair look, which Kim kind of like would do a lot. She would do like the hairstyle that like it looks like your hair is wet. So, you know, aside from promoting the album with snakes and mimicking the album artwork when you get down to the album itself the songs on it and the lyrics she is constantly ripping kanye and kim to shreds yeah she basically does to kanye and kim what she has classically done to her ex-boyfriends yeah it's like well actually i'm dating this guy who's a pretty good guy for a long time now i think at that point it, it was only like year two now they're like they've been now they've been together for three years three plus years now um but one of my I don't have an ex, so I'm gonna go after Connie and Kim. <laughs> One of my favorites, and like I said, I never got really into reputation, but there are like a handful of songs that I liked from it. And one that I really, really liked is called Um This Is Why We Can't Have Nice Things. And it's clearly about just Kim, not even about Kanye. Um I don't have any I don't know any of the lyrics right now, but if you guys want a good one about just Kim. This is why we can't have nice things. Very clearly about her. It like mentions a phone call. It mentions like all the stuff. Here, here's a couple lines from This Is Why We Can't Have Nice Things. It was so nice being friends again. There I was giving you a second chance. But then you stabbed me in the back while shaking my hand. And therein lies the issue. Friends don't try to trick you, get you on the phone, and mind twist you. Yeah. So good. I actually think that reads as a diss to Kanye as well. Yeah, I think of it more as like for Kim, but I mean, it, it goes both ways. The whole like, I gave you a second chance yeah. thing is I think a reference to Kanye. More Kanye, yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. Throughout the whole album, there are many songs uh, that appear to diss Kanye and Kim. She even like tries to like rip off of some of Kanye's song. Like her song Ready For It sounds a lot like Kanye West's Hell of a Life. Mm, yeah. And she has the line about like, like you're on your tilted stage. And he like famously had the stage that would tilt back and forth in his tour previous to that. Her music video for look what you made me do 
even mocks Kim's Paris robbery. Oh my god! With yeah. the jewels, the jewels and the, the way she's like holding them. Yeah. yeah. The old Taylor can't come to the phone right now. <laughs> oh, why? Because she's dead. <laughs> I fucking hate that. So. This was actually, I think, a smart marketing move. So, like, she exploited this for as much as she could, kind of like Kanye and Taylor had done for years, right? Yeah. They they would kind of mine this rivalry for, you know, as many, like, sales, clicks. Yeah. You know? It ended up being good for both of them. <laughs> it, it really did in, yeah. in some ways. I mean, neither one of them have been, you know, worse for the wear. Yeah. They still have millions and millions of fans yeah. who are diehard and will stand by them till the end. Yeah. And look, Kanye fans hate Taylor. Taylor Swift fans hate Kanye. Who cares? There's not they much overlap to, anyway. Yeah, they don't need it to overlap. Exactly. <laughs> Since Reputation was released on November 10th, 2017, Kanye and Kim have actually been completely quiet. According to People Magazine, Kanye and Kim don't really care anymore about the feud and say Taylor is simply feuding with herself at this point. LOL. <laughs> I love that. Now they're like, we're over it. We're better than this. We're too good for this. Yeah. And who knows? During this time period, you know, since the feud began, obviously Kanye got with Kim. Yeah. You know, during the the first incident, the 2009 VMAs, Kanye and Kim weren't an item. No. Uh, So they've gone married. They've had four kids. And I'll get into like the bigger aftermath of it all in a moment. But very briefly, the only word we've had of the feud since... Taylor Swift's reputation, which is basically like a takedown album of Kanye and Kim. Yeah. You can argue like the effectiveness of the takedown. Yeah. Um, but it attempted to be. I mean, that's all of like Taylor Swift's music in some way. It's kind of influenced by the people who have wronged her. Yeah. Um, but the only other comment we've had since then is from March 7th, 2019 in an interview with Elle magazine. Uh, she said that Kim and Kanye were bullies. And they started an online hate campaign against her. <laughs> and that's that's all that's happened since. Interesting. I don't think it's over, to be honest. No, not at all. Um, but very quickly, where are they now? Like I said, Kanye and Kim have four kids. They just welcomed their fourth child, Psalm West. Don't have time to talk about it. No. <laughs> very quickly. Cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> of course you hate it. Not a name. And Taylor Swift herself has a seventh studio album in the works. She just released a single from that album called Me. So bad. Some believe that Joe Alwyn, her actor boyfriend of Mm. three plus years now, is her latest muse. But it's going to be a little different flavor, obviously, because he hasn't wronged her. Um, And some people actually believe that he's been an inspiration for a few songs on reputation, like King of My Heart or Gorgeous. Mm. Um, that makes sense. But it's interesting because the music video for me was just released a yeah. few weeks ago. So bad. And it opens with a snake. That turns into a butterfly. <laughs> it literally bursts into hundreds of butterflies. Yeah. So I guess she's still leveraging the Kimye drama for clicks, attention, views, and sales. I mean, it's like she used the snake as her like metaphor, like symbolism of that that era. Right. So I think it's less like that and it's more like she she took the snake thing and made it her own and then now it's like the snake thing's done and now I'm a butterfly. <laughs> Which I'm also like, that's not how like evolution works, but. <laughs> it's how the evolution of Taylor Swift works yeah. though. 
Which we'll never really understand, so it's okay. Well, everyone, this ending may seem rushed, but Ryan does have to go to the airport. <laughs> yeah, my we, flight's my flight's coming up. <laughs> uh, we tried to sneak this in for you, though. Our first in-studio pod. It was so much fun. Ryan, did you have a great time? Oh, I had the time of my freaking life, you guys. And hopefully there will be more in the future. We'll be back very soon. Very soon. We can even do one when you... When you come to Chicago next, we can do one at my studio, which is not nearly as nice. <laughs> I love it, though. But it is an actual studio. Seriously. I it's a literal a, studio. Yeah, I live by myself in a studio. But yeah, thanks, you guys, for listening. Thanks for having me in Los Angeles, California, in the studio. Such an honor. And uh, we hope you guys join us next week. See you then. Back in Chicago. Bye.